Yes, good morning, everybody. We have this seminar uh, this morning. It's about growing older and how we can uh, serve the Lord as we get older and go into old age. It's something that doesn't only need to be considered by those who are already of old age, whatever old age exactly means, but it's something really that everyone should consider in terms of the future. Because if there's one thing we're absolutely sure of, if accident or disease or something like that doesn't strike us when we're young, then we will grow old, obviously. And the end of the process is death. It's passing from this world. That is the one thing that's absolutely certain. But it's the one thing that people don't want to talk about. And so many, even Christians, are not ready for it. Surely, if there's something that's certain in the future, it's something that we can make preparation for, by which I mean mental, spiritual preparation. So let's just think together, what can we look forward to in the future as we grow older? Well, the list is not very pleasant. We can expect bodily deterioration. We lose our strength. What we could do yesterday, we're not able to do uh, today. We can't work so hard or so long. Maybe eyes fail. Hearing fails. Yes, I know there are glasses and hearing aids. Uh, but they're not a total substitution for the, the real thing. We obviously can have a stroke, and that leaves its effects if we survive it. We can have a heart attack. That also has its implications. We get diabetes. We can get arthritis. And so you might have to use a stick because you can't walk as you used to walk. I don't need to list all these things, do I? You, you know them. You see them all around. But then there's also the mental deterioration. We become forgetful, of course, at the beginning. We joke about it, don't we? But not always, but forgetfulness, of course, can be the onset of something like dementia, something like that. And if dementia has its full progress, then you become speechless. You're just there. It sounds disrespectful, but you're like a vegetable. And... Uh, You've seen people like that in the West. That's very common. 
you go to an old people's home, there are scores of old people. They're just sitting there in their chairs. They, they can't really communicate. But that's reality when we go into older age. And I think with people living to an older age in Kenya, then we're going to see more and more of that. It's one of the consequences, isn't it, of the fall. Then, of course, there's retirement. You've worked, and if it's a job, you know that at the age of, what is it today, 65 now? 60. I think some people are 65, isn't it? There's an age when you will have to retire from that job. Of course, if you have your business, you could continue on. Um, so that's a big change, isn't it? When you spend most of your waking life, you get up, get ready, you travel to work, you work, you come back, and there's not much other time available. And then suddenly you don't have that. And that needs to be prepared for, because definitely in terms of employment, at least the average employment, not if you're a leader of a country. You can be as old as you like if you're a, a, a president, can't you? At least in, in some countries. But more than that now, as you get older, if you're alive, you have to face bereavements. When you were 20, probably your parents were alive, maybe even your grandparents were alive, but gradually as you get older, your grandparents pass, your parents pass, you get to 60, 70, some of your friends pass, uncles and aunts pass. I remember my parents, they lived into their 90s. Before they died, everybody else they knew, apart from their children and grandchildren, had died. And the most difficult but the certain is that one spouse is going to be bereaved, isn't it? It's most unlikely that husband and wife will die at the same time. So either the man becomes a widower or the wife becomes a widow. You know, one's just saying it honestly, that's just reality. And I think that's hard, isn't it? It's hard to contemplate that my wife or my husband might become disabled, not be mobile. I might not be, well, if you live longer, you might not be able to drive. You're going to have to depend on other people. And when, when you list it like that, as I've listed it, it sounds awful, doesn't it? But please, it is reality. And let's be ready for it. Let's not be surprised when it comes. Let's think about it as Christians, and we'll come down to that uh, 
a bit later. I just want to sort of set the scene of the reality of old age and, of course, then death, obviously. <clears throat> obviously, the Lord is with us throughout all that. But I say that for a bit later. And so, as we go into older age, there are decisions to be made. And they are two big decisions which must be made. The first one is, where do you live? You're no longer tied to a job. So, theoretically, you can choose to live anywhere. And that's only theory. There are obviously lots of uh, factors that will determine it. But it's, a, it's something that you all face, isn't it? Where do we live? And the choice is, usually, unless you're rich with a, a cottage in, in Mombasa, <laughs> do we stay where we are? Or do we go home? I'd like us to discuss that one because culture, at least in the past, says you go home. It's not wrong to go home, but we're not Christians who simply say everybody else does it or people expect us to do it Therefore, we do it. We are Christians. And so we make the decision based upon Christian principles. And then the other question, which again is a very real question, what do I do now I'm retired? I've heard of people who prepare for retirement and they build a big house back home. They retire they go home, there's nothing to do in a year, they're dead. Yeah, I mean, at least I've heard of, I'm told there's many people like that. They don't know what to do with themselves. And so that's a very real question. I've already said there's the danger of following culture. Please, we're Christians. Even in what we do, we look to the scripture uh, to guide us. But there is a great danger there, not just of following culture. It's a great danger of idleness. Great danger, actually, of self-centeredness. Because now that we've got aches and pains and all the rest of it, that we start to feel self-pity and ever talk about um, how we are, don't we? Maybe you're not at that stage yet. But, you know, conversation is all about the pains in your hips and, uh, you know, your visit to the doctor and this sort of thing. And uh, I don't know if you come across people like that. It's not very pleasant to hear that. It's rather like what happened in, in COVID, isn't it? That, oh, good morning. Ah, I had my third COVID jab yesterday. As if that's the great point of discussion. And it got a bit wearisome, at least to me. Is that not something a little more important to talk about? So that's a tendency because ill health, visit to the doctor, uh, surgery, becomes a much more major part of life 
the older you get. That's true here, isn't it? It's definitely true in UK. One of the things that the, the pandemic taught us is how many people, how many older people have got issues. It's not just the COVID. In fact, it's not the COVID. It was the diabetes, wasn't it? It was the stroke. Uh, and people were worried protecting those who've got other issues that if they get the COVID, then they're more vulnerable. But it made us realize how many people live with that. And that is, if it's not politics and it's not football, at least in Liverpool, then it's health-related issues and people are ever talking about themselves. That's a great danger because I've tried to describe it in a bad way. So you see, it's not Christian, is it? It's not Christian to always draw attention to yourself and to be moaning and groaning how bad the traffic is when I'm trying to get to the hospital, how, how overcrowded the hospitals are, how the nurses weren't good, I had to wait three hours. And, you know, it's possible to be like that. And one thing I want to say, I, I was going to say it at the end. I hope, you, I hope you take note of this. The way you are today will only be more exaggerated tomorrow. If you're a complainer today, you will be a greater complainer tomorrow into old age. You won't change. Old age won't change you. If you're miserable today, you're miser you'll be more, the more miserable tomorrow. If you're joyful today, you'll continue to be joyful and be more joyful as things progress. <clears throat> okay, so what I said, there are realities ahead, and they force us to make at least two big decisions. <coughs> Excuse me. Now then, we've got to stand back and we've got to say we're biblical Christians. What are the principles that are going to guide us? And then we'll look into some specifics. Just because you grow old doesn't change anything about the basic principles of Christian living. I could give you scores of principles. Isn't it? I could tell you God's grace is sufficient, whatever situation you're in. Um, but let me bring this one. The Bible tells us that we've got to persevere to the end. It doesn't say persevere until you retire. Or persevere while you're still strong enough to do something. It's persevere to the end, whenever and however that end comes. <clears throat> we sing the song, O Jesus, I promise to serve you to the end. So, 
That doesn't change at all. We've been saved to serve the Lord until our dying breath we serve him. <clears throat> the way we serve him may change. The place of service may change. I won't say the degree of service changes. It doesn't. Because we continue to be full servants, don't we? 24-7. It's only that the way in which we serve him changes. But you see, this is where the problem is. If you weren't consciously serving the Lord in the work you were doing, or it was secular work, but if you didn't see yourself as the Lord's servant there, you won't see yourself as the Lord's servant now that you're retired. That's why I say, there's no real change except those sort of external things. <clears throat> now, Paul, to give a great example, when he uh, spoke to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, <clears throat> he was much through his ministry. He was obviously getting older. <clears throat> and he was facing a persecution. He was traveling to Jerusalem. <clears throat> and he was being told, Paul, you know what awaits you? It's not peace in Jerusalem, it's trouble. And he says in Acts 20 and verse 22, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but in verse 23, the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Now that was because he was a preacher. But let's broaden it. We know what's awaiting us, because you knew it anyway. I've told you. So Paul's attitude is this. It doesn't matter what's awaiting me. Let it be trials and afflictions. Verse 24, he says. But I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself. Can we say that? The important thing is not me living as long as I can. Indeed, he says, my life in and of itself is not precious to me. Whether I live or die is not the point. What's the point? The point is, if only I may finish my course, my race, and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He says, I've only got one aim in life, that which God has given me to do the day I finish it. He had a particular work to do. We're also his witnesses, aren't we? We're to live for him. That's more general, but we have that task to do until our dying breath. Now, we ought to have learned a lot. If you're 60 or 70 and you became a Christian 40 years ago, you ought to be mature. 
you ought to be a better servant of Jesus Christ now. You ought to have far more wisdom. You ought to be far more useful going into old age. Because that's what maturity brings. You know we live in a, a youthism society, don't we? Where it seems an 18-year-old can tell you the problems of the world when they know nothing. Well, they know a little something that they've learned from older people, but practically they know nothing. When actually it's the older people, the 60, 70, 80-year-olds, who I trust have the Christian, the spiritual wisdom to be of, of great uh, help. And so what I'm saying to you is you persevere to the end in service knowing that you have a very vital contribution to make. Don't buy into the world, ah, you can be discarded, you're, you're now 50. And it's the youth that, that really matter. Now, not all old people are wise, sadly, but I trust that's not true of you as we consider this. But let me encourage you here. I'm not talking about you preaching. I'm not even talking about you being an evangelist and, and witnessing to new people every day. I'm talking basically about your daily Christian life. Now, you had it preached to you not so long ago. Hebrews 13 and verse 7, where the Hebrews, in the midst of trouble, persecution, they were told, remember your leaders. Why? Why remember them? Why think about them? They're the people who spoke to you the word of God, it says, then it says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now, this refers to as they aged and died. And so there they were in the local church. People were watching. And one day, they see you coming to church with a walking stick. But your face is beaming. A year later, they see you, I mean, I've seen this, coming to church in a wheelchair. But still, your face is beaming. And you participate in the worship. Then they visit you at home because you can't come to church any longer. You're bedridden. But your face is beaming. And your first words are, the Lord's so good to me. I'm just longing to go home to be with the Lord. That's what it's talking about. That people see that when you were younger, oh, you were zealous, you could, you could speak, you could preach. 
but you haven't changed. You're the same person. So your faith works. But if you grow into a grumpy old person, people look at you and say, what's happened? Was it really worth being a Christian? What preparation did your Christianity have for old age and death? It looks like nothing. So it really matters how you go into old age. It really does. You can destroy a, a life of testimony by uh, failing in older age because people are looking at us, aren't they? So I'm saying to you, the basic principle, as with Paul, as with the Lord Jesus, is to serve the Lord, is to be believing, trusting to the end. It's to rejoice in the Lord always, no matter what your circumstances are. It's to know that all things work together for good. Even the worst things are for good. Okay? Uh, this is all very simple. There's no step one, two, three, four. I trust that those of you who are uh, older, you've been saved through the, the ministry of the word in the church. You've grown. You've become stable as a Christian. You are dependable. Uh, you are one who, if I come on a Sunday morning, you're there in your seat. We don't have to question your presence and say, I wonder if so-and-so will come. Oh, they've not come. Oh, I wonder what's the problem. That you're a dependable person. That, my brethren, is worth its weight in gold. And I know, because in UK there are many more older Christians. And it's such a, I mean, quite a lot older than me. And it's just a joy to say there are two who, in the last year or two, have become uh, widows. But nothing's changed in their lives. Yeah, the husband's not there. They wish he was there. But they're continuing to rejoice in the Lord, to serve the Lord, and look for the time when the Lord's going to take them. They pray. They're able to go on a Zoom with meetings and so on because one of them is in her 90s and she hardly gets out. So that's what we're talking about. So what in particular can we say? What should you be thinking about? What are things that you can do Let's say you were a preacher and preaching now becomes hard. Uh, what can you do? Well, there are one's children still. We never stop being parents to our children, do we? And then, of course, there are the grandchildren. Typically, grandparents can have a great influence with their grandchildren. So there's 
this teaching, what do you do with your grandchildren? Do you just play with them or do you bring them the word of God? Whether or not their parents are Christians. I have a grandchild and I'm able to re- read things to him from um, Christian books, which then I trust will be helpful to him. You must consider your role with younger Christians. You, you do know, I think you had it in, on a Sunday afternoon, that the, the older women should teach the younger women. But surely that's true of older men. Surely. I don't need to emphasize it because I think it's been emphasized. But what I can say, the role of older people in my life was pivotal, even before I was a Christian. It's so sad that young adults don't have close relationships with older people. Please cultivate it, even if it's just making your home open. I found in, um, in, in Liverpool, getting to know people, uh, chatting with them, spending time with them, then they get used to you and they, they open up to you. It takes time. That's something you can do. As long as you can talk, you can do that, can't you? And we hope that younger people will long to hear your wisdom. Many young people love to hear uh, what happened of old. The other day, I met some, somebody who's in their 80s whose mother was a Mau Mau fighter. Wouldn't it be interesting to hear what the daughter learned from the mother, for example? There's an increasing desire amongst young people to learn about their parents and what happened. What an opportunity for you to say how you're converted. The lifestyle out of which you were converted. Please, there's so much that can be done. I know it's not easy. Young people are jolly busy, aren't they? Grandchildren sometimes hard to get hold of because they're doing so many things. But uh, that is a great opportunity. Uh, We've got the example of Dorcas, haven't we? Who spent her time... uh, making things for the needy. Now, that's something that my wife does, spends a lot of time on the sewing machine. And uh, I don't know about for needy people particularly, but uh, most of what I brought in my suitcases were those things, not not personal items of of clothing. But you do have that example of Dorcas, don't you, in... uh, Acts chapter 10, Dorcas, or Tabitha, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 9. She was full of good works and acts of charity. When she died, then people wept. And they showed the tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. It may be making food. 
if you're still able to do that. Just thinking of old people in the Bible, there was Barzillai, wasn't there, who, he was a rich man when David had to flee Absalom. It's around 2 Samuel 15, something like that. No, 2 Kings 15. Can't remember which one it is off head now. Anyway, it's Barzillai. He, he um, showed hospitality to David and his men and provided out of his riches. You see, that's another example of service, isn't it? Think of Anna, really old. She spent her time praying. And maybe that's what you can do. But you see, if you haven't prayed when you were younger, you'll not pray when you're older. Just a reality. Paul, even when he's in prison, wanted the books. He thought he was going to die. Second uh, Timothy, um, chapter 4. Read. If you're able, with your, if your eyes allow you. You can listen now, can't you? You can watch. But get that spiritual input. If you're able, multitask. I go for a walk every day and that's when I listen to sermons so I only listen to half a sermon because it's a half an hour walk so if you divide 365 by 2 probably 150 sermons lectures I listen to in a, a year just that make use of your time don't fritter it away you know we talk about young people frittering it away on the social media it's so easy for us to do it. It can be aimless talking. My brethren, you are serving the Lord in all you do. So, I think that's what I wanted to say. Uh, some of you are younger. Uh, it's good that you listen to this. Because... If you keep going in another 20 years, you'll be older. Another 40, 30, you'll be old age. It's not long. I tell you, it comes up on you mighty fast. <clears throat> when I finished the ministry here, I was 70. And it dawned on me, Keith, you have finished your ministry in Nairobi. You've either done it well or you haven't done it well. But there's no going back. Now, what I've been saying is this. What you do now is what you will do basically the rest of your life. Now, I know God is able to save a man who's 100 years old and change him. I know that. But typically, the strengths you have, you'll take them into old age. The weaknesses you have, you'll take them into old age. That's typical. So, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm preaching. And I'm going to preach on the final consideration. And you know what that is, don't you? For me, to live is Christ. I've talked about that, serving the Lord. 
but to die is gain. You can't think of old age without thinking of death. Let's not call it death, because actually the Bible doesn't. It calls it sleep, doesn't it? When our bodies sleep. But it's going to be with the Lord. Let me not say too much, because I say that tomorrow afternoon. But our death and going to be with the Lord is the culmination of the Lord's work of salvation. You've got to look, look at it like this. There's the Lord in heaven, just as a picture. Here are all the people who've gone before us, and there we're walking uh, to glory, as it were, through death. And everybody's saying, praise the Lord as they see you coming. Praise the Lord. Why? Lord, you died for this one. You've kept this one. And now you're bringing them to the final, um, the finishing line. And they've won the race. You see, that's the joy, isn't it? And that's going to help you through old age, isn't it? So the older we get, the more we've got to think in that way. So maybe let me finish here with the, not Philippians 1, but Philippians 3. Paul says, I've not yet finished. He says, I'm not yet raised from the dead, but he says, verse 13, there's one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now let me ask you, what lies ahead? Retirement? No. Sickness? Bereavement? No. That's not what lies ahead, is it? Yeah, those are stopping places on the way. <laughs> those are, I don't know about forks in the road, but you know, they're, they're curves in the road. But what lies ahead? Here it is. I press for, on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Whether you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, we're quite well represented here, aren't we? What's maturity? It's pressing on to the goal of that upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's our destination. And may God help us to serve him faithfully, whatever our circumstances are, until that time. Uh, those of you who are watching, this needs a lot of discussion. Uh, we here will discuss it. But think about these things. These things are absolutely vital for your present faith and for your future usefulness in the kingdom of God. May God raise up in the church and in the churches a whole host of older people who are 
faithful, who are youthful, who will be the mentors and the examples for the younger ones to imitate. So let's close with prayer, please. Let's pray. Lord, you're the one who brought us into this world. You're the one who saved us. You're the one who has kept us. And we know you're the one who's bringing us to that goal. And we thank you that you who has begun a work in us, you will complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. Please, Lord, help us not to be swallowed up by the world. Help us not to be like the world. Help us to be transformed even now by the renewing of our minds, that we might approve what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Pray for the younger ones, Lord. As they watch the older Christians, help them to imitate their faith. Help them to know that it's not whether you have trials or not that matters. We will have trials. It's not whether there's success or seeming failure in life. That will be. But it's whether we walk with you, whether we serve you, whether we're faithful with the talent or the talents that you've given to us to use it for your glory. We ask now, Lord, that you'll bless us and help us in these coming days to live for you and to serve you. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.